Blog Talk Radio. Playing playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music. Check out the view, but I done took off my blazer, loosened up the tie, stepped aside the kitchen. Timeless is a lot. You, you, I mean, well, let me do the Bill Cosby. You better be ready for me back for the next two days. I'm telling you, red, white, and blue, I see black right now. Oh, my goodness. But um, I'm all right. I hope everything's okay with the Jordan Foundation. Everybody out there in the upper part of Fairfield County, that is for sure, and all of my my family members and chefs here in the building today. Good evening. Yeah, what's going on? Uh, so I got other chefs. Let me bring them in. Mr. Controversy calling in. Uh, James, what's going on, James? Oh, you know, it's another great day. I know that Sirius is using his anniversary as an excuse to be afraid to face the music that the Pittsburgh Steelers are trash, but I will respect it anyway. Jazz, Sirius. Happy anniversary to y'all. Oh, yeah, I don't think he's afraid. Um, Calling in 615, that would be Mr. Harvey himself. Mr. Harvey, what's going on? Do you know what today is? It's his anniversary. What's up, man? Don't Uh, do that. Don't do that. Hey. I got to give you a little throwback, a little Tony, Tony, Tony. And, uh, nah, man, uh, thanks for having me. It's always fun to cook it up on the NFL front office show. Uh, no, it definitely was not the voice of Sirius Simmons, 
but he'll be around tomorrow and and be joining us uh you know for to not ducking the smoke tomorrow night and, and it's a good thing there's a lot of smoke coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm thrilled. And then we got uh, this call out of nine one nine zero one. Um, that is Mr. Hughes and up, Brian Hughes. What's going on? This is not this Brian is Hughes. Royce. Hold on, hold Royce. up. No, we no, don't want well, I got, I got, This be Royce King. Boy, Listen, Royce, man. Sorry, I got Royce King in it's the building. Good. I'm sorry. It's all good, brother. It's all love. Yo, happy anniversary to Sirius and his wife. But I'm kind of guessing that he is ducking a little bit of smoke today. It's no, 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 okay, I'm sure, every, I'm sure everybody, every, later. hang on, everybody, he said last week that he was not going to be here, well, not that he was going to be here, but he was going to try to be here for his, in spite of his anniversary, I told him not to do that, but your anniversary, this was before the Steelers game, so anybody that's talking about smoke is boring, this is boring, all right? So let, let's get that out of the way right now. Uh, Royce, good to hear your voice. I, Yo, I apologize. Bro, I had your number bro. mixed up. Hold on. Hold on a second. Hold yeah. on, bro. We having fun in the kitchen. <laughs> we know that the anniversary is here. No, no, no. no they're, they're, like, okay. So they're, Timeless, like, Timeless is not no, having – Timeless is the only one having fun. Timeless is the only one having fun what? here. Wait, 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 Brian's having the most fun, You, but you want, you keep pointing fingers at me, see, that's what's wrong, everybody was, no, 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 my phone has been relentlessly going off for the last two days with you sending videos like I don't have a TV. And you're telling me you're not having fun? Hey, hey. Uh, listen, listen. Is that, is that, is that, that what we're doing? Okay. Is that what we're doing? I'm going to be equal opportunity since you brought me in here and you were talking to Royce. I had nothing to do with that. Equal opportunity what? Listen, listen. Hold on. So when that video comes to you, am I just sending it to you or a multiple amount of people are getting that at the same time? Uh, is there any other Giants fans in the chat? Is there any other Giants fans Wait. in the chat? Wait, Michael Conn? Oh, okay. oh, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on, hang on. I, hang on. I, I think I got Hughes. Hold on one second. Brian, are you there? Brian, is it you? Yeah, you know what, man? I, I'll keep it there brief, man. You guys got a lot going on. A lot going on here. I just want to say Sirius better buy his girl a seriously good present. Thank you, man. For having to put up with his ass all these years. And I gotta tell you, you know what? Smoke, the flames, whatever you want to call it. Listen, we could do the anniversary song. We could do "It's So Hot." I hope you don't play that on his anniversary. I hope you don't play that on. Hold on. So wait, wait, hold on, hold on. So it's accepted. Hold on, it might turn to talk. If 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 serious. Was Mike Tomlin? You sound like Matt Canada, man. You are like you are right there to defend him, and I appreciate that, man. If he was, if he was Whitney Houston, you were Kevin Costner. <laughs> why I gotta be Kevin and Costner? I appreciate it. Why why I gotta be Kevin Costner? Like, isn't there a, a better movie? Son? 
Isn't there a better Can I get a, just like a welcome to the kitchen? Oh my gosh. 
like jumping yeah. in feelings. No, this is this is Whoa. this is this is, this is what they're they're doing. This is this is a free fall. This is food fight, and this is this is what the people want. <laughs> this is what it, this is this is what we're doing today. So no, welcome back, so, Royce. While, it's good to so have you back. Talking, so Royce, you're gonna just start talking Royce, all God. over top of me, like what this? Good, good. <laughs> you know, um, I thought I was happy to be back in the kitchen, but I wasn't prepared to get blindsided with whatever was supposed to be a food fight that nobody sent me no message to say that we was food fighting. I was trying to shout out my boy Sirius, congratulate him on his anniversary, and, uh, you know, just have some fun, man. I ain't here for all that cackling. Sure, sure. I mean, but we should start with the New York Giants, though. If, if we're, I mean, if we're talking about disappointing teams, this was a team that I was – I mean, the, the Steelers, I thought, would win the division, which was way off. But the New York Giants are a team that I thought would make the playoffs. And I think that at the end of the day, the New York Giants are going to be further from the playoffs than the Steelers are going to be from winning the division, which is a really hard thing for me to say. That's a controversial statement at this point. Let's talk about the New York Giants. New York Giants – Start off bad. They lost terribly to the the Dallas Cowboys, my team, we them boys. Um, and then had to get bailed out against the Arizona Cardinals and Mr. Docs. And then continue to be bad time and time and time again. What's different now than they were a year ago? Other than any Bitcoin is getting paid way too much money, so they had to cut players to sustain it. And that's the only thing. That's the only difference I know other than Saquon Barkley not being in the lineup. Did you just call him Danny Bitcoin? Danny Bitcoin. I'm just making sure I, I just making like sure I heard Bitcoin. you right. I'm just I'm just making sure I heard you right. I'm just asking. You, oh, I, I stole that from Barry because that's what he called him the first two, three years of his career, and it's real. Like I wasn't ready to accept it, but it's real. Wait, wait, Jones. wait, controversy. Hold on a second. Who did they cut to keep him? They didn't cut anybody, but they didn't sign anybody either. Okay, all right, okay. They okay. didn't make no, themselves I, better to no, make I, him better. And I if you're to okay. pay a dude that comparison, if you want to make the comparison, I'm ready to make the comparison to him and Joe Burrow. Joe oh, Burrow wow, we can't go there yet. Dude. We can't go there yet. We can't, we can't do that yet. I, I'm not ready to, to – to, Burrow shouldn't be out there, in my opinion. Burrow should they, – they need to bench him. Like, they need to get him they, they, out. They need to bench I don't him. think he's out there. Hey, man. They, they, I don't think he's healthy. No, 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 no. No, Mike, 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 Mike. Hold on, hold on one second. I'm not saying to bench him because he stinks. I'm not saying to bench him because the season's one and three. I'm saying to put him on the bench because he's not healthy. 
I'm not arguing with that, Barry. I'm not arguing with that. Uh-huh. What, I'm, what, right. I'm, what I'm arguing with is the statement mm-hmm. that uh, Daniel Jones should be compared to Joe Burrow. Wait a minute. No, we're this not guy, doing that. We're not doing that. This guy came we're in. Not this doing guy that. came in and took I'm not even doing that. I'm controversial. It took radio losers to the Super Bowl. So, but that's uh, what, controversial. That's what you said. That's exactly well, what yeah, said, so right? I'm saying that he should be Joe better. Burrow's not healthy. He's not healthy. Right. He's right. not healthy. It's true. Right. And right. that should be to be working around that. And Daniel Jones started and he spent all last year being almost the dude. And I was ready to call him the dude. I, I you could you could pull up anything that I had preseason. Some articles, some um some talk points on sports city chess. And I don't like to call myself wrong. I don't, because I'm right more often than not. But Daniel Jones, but Daniel Jones made me wrong, and I don't like it. And because I was thinking him and Dang uh, and, and Dable were gonna make this thing work, even with the exorbitant salary, which you know me, I know, I say that most quarterbacks in the NFL are overpaid. If you're not Patrick Mahomes, and then you're not Josh Allen, you're probably overpaid. Unless you're a rookie, like C.J. Stroud, who is definitely not overpaid. But we'll get to that later. Right now, the the New York Giants are finding themselves on the other side of that coin. They were a team that was on the that was the beneficiaries of an easy schedule last year, and then when they made the playoffs, they flipped that schedule into something a lot harder, and we're seeing that now. So uh, so let, let me get here just for a second, if you don't mind. Uh, Go ahead. I, I would – I'm willing to die on the hill that at the end of the day, if he stays healthy – Joe Burrow ends up being a better quarterback overall in his career than Josh Allen. Barry made the point. I'm coming back to the Giants, I promise. I just want to make sure I get this, these two things out. Barry made the point that because he's not healthy, Joe Burrow doesn't need to be playing right now. The thing that scares me is right. if you don't allow this thing to completely heal, then you end up mm-hmm. with like the possibility of a major Achilles injury or something like that. You could end up not only losing this year, but maybe bleeding over into next year as well while you're trying to figure mm-hmm. out what you're going to do with the other pieces on this team. So, therefore, you've got to get your main guy uh, – you've got to get him healthy so he can be at full strength. If that means going with a backup, if that means whatever you got to do, uh, and even if that means you're, you're behind the eight ball this season – and you start playing more to get ready for next year, later on in the season, fine. But you got to get Joe Burrow healthy. Uh, you invested – you just signed this guy to one of the biggest contracts in NFL history. Uh, you can't – I understand the, the temptation to have him go out there every week. But 
it doesn't do you any good if he misses a huge, you know, chunk of time. You've got to get him. You've got to get him back to where he can lead this team. Now, real quick on the Giants, man. The the thing that Timeless shared this morning, the Giants fan thing about wanting to rage and quit. I I just got to tell you, uh, and no offense, Barry, that that shit had me cracking up. Listen to that guy. Uh, just. Uh, <laughs> This is, as a Saints fan, I've seen plenty of bad football in my life. And if we have a chance to, to speak on the Saints, I, I'm going to go in on them. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to pull any punches. Um, but 64-3 in your two games at home, 10 sacks last night. I mean, the Giants have played one good half of football uh, so far this year. And it has uh, it, it hasn't been good. And it has not been – Expected. I think a lot of people thought that they could come close to matching what they did last year, at least be the third place team in the division. Um, this is it. and and I think Barry uh, and I'll save anything else I want to say about the Giants for later on. But I think at the end of the day, there are people that truly thought that instead of because you asked who they cut, and he said nobody, but they didn't sign people either. I think that the consensus by some people in this kitchen and not only in this kitchen, but even outside of it was if the Giants were going to make an investment in a player, they should have done what they needed to do to lock up Saquon beyond this year and invest in Saquon and not the quarterback because people weren't believers in Daniel Jones. Which I, I, I'm, I'm going to be 100 with you. I disagree with that. Saquon yeah, hasn't spent one, one year in his entire career where he's played team slash 17 games. That's the problem. Why are you going to spend a perpetual injury risk the kind of money that Christian McCaffrey is getting? It's not, it's not It's not. a great investment. I mean, he is a great player. He's the best player on the team, but he's not available right now, and that's the problem. And and I don't – listen, they, the Giants didn't have cap space to sign anybody, to be honest with you. Um, Daniel Jones, his cap number did, was irrelevant. They, they they went over the cap to sign him because they're, they're their own player. I mean, they had to get rid of guys to get under the cap, thanks to Gettleman and all the money that he dished out. We're paying – we're still paying Kenny Galladay right now. It's ridiculous. And, so, and that um, – Yeah, but hold, hold on. I, I want to get the other chefs in here on this too. Uh, Brian, what do you think about what controversy and Harvey are talking about? Yeah. Listen, they are well within their right for everything they just said. I'm going to look at it from a different perspective because it's really easy, you know, to kick the guy that's already on the ground in the nuts while he's on the ground. So here's what I'm going to say. It's really difficult to play quarterback when you're sacked 22 times over four games. That's not on the quarterback, as you guys know. Yes, maybe there's times that he holds the ball. He was sacked 10 times against Seattle, who's not even a particularly great pass rushing team. Number one. Number two, if you ask me, their two best players, no offense to Daniel Jones, Andrew Thomas 
and Saquon Barkley, who've missed the last two games, have missed 50% of the season so far. So mm-hmm. I'm going to give them, I'm going to give it an incomplete because I stand by what I said two weeks ago, Barry, when you guys came back mm-hmm. and won the game. I think Brian Dayball is a hell of a coach. I think it might take mm-hmm. a little bit of time. I think they're going to have to figure some things out, but throw the money aspect, if you will, out of it. Cause I agree with you. They have space that they were, if they wanted to bring other people, they could have, I'm kind of shocked. And this is something I had talked to you about prior to the season, kind of shocked that they didn't bring in another weapon outside of a tight end, but it is what it is. But you can't pay anybody for $40 million a year and have that guy hit five times a game. You're going to get Daniel Jones killed. Plain and simple, whether you think he's a good quarterback, a bad quarterback, whatever, unless you're Gumby, that guy is going to end up on IR by week eight. There's no sense in having him back there if you can't protect him. Just plain and simple. So they either need to get creative and start rolling the pocket they need to bring up guys from the practice squad that maybe are better than the guys that they thought they already had, but they need to figure this stuff out because to me, it's not a matter of whether or not the Giants are a good team. I think we can all agree right now they're not a very good team. I'm more worried for you, Barry, and for Giants fans about the long-term ramifications. You know what? When 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 uh, Derek Carr's older brother came into the league, everybody thought he was a good quarterback until he started getting smashed behind the Texans' offensive line. And all of a sudden, he started getting the yips, started getting happy feet, and all of a sudden could never settle down really again and, and actually play the position of quarterback. I think that that's what is on the line at this point. I think, <laughs> I think Daniel Jones is on the cusp of getting to the point where He's not going to trust the offensive line. He's not going to feel comfortable behind the line. And even when he does have time, he's going to feel phantom pressure. It's that bad in New York. They need, they need Anthony Thomas back, um, or excuse me, Andrew Thomas back immediately. They need Saquon back immediately. Now, obviously, you have to get those guys healthy. But listen, right now this team is a train wreck, but there is so many things more wrong with this team, like the fact that, this team is a quote-unquote playoff team. You came into this, this season thinking that this team with no additional weapons outside of a, an aging tight end that's often injured was going to suddenly catapult you into contention. You played a Minnesota team that, let's just keep it real, had no business in being in the playoffs last year. They won 11 one-score games, and this year they haven't won one one-score game. They're probably going to have a top-ten pick. So my concern is the Giants got overinflated last year. This year they're coming back down to reality, but they're going to get their $40 million man absolutely killed if they continue to play football the way they're doing. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. Um, Hughes, you make a lot of great points. The, the, you know, the thing is, you know, they didn't bring any weapons because they didn't have cap space to do it. They traded for Waller. They had, you know, they had to give up to get him, right? Um, Daniel Jones cap hit his salary this year is like 15 million. Next year, I think it goes to 40 something, a little over 40. Um, so really on paper, he has this year and next year. And if he doesn't prove it, they can get from under this contract. I mean, only about 90 million is guaranteed. So 
they they could cut bait in two years with Daniel Jones if if they don't think he's the guy. That was the beauty of this contract, right? But I I looked at and I saw it on TV too. Ten sacks total again on Daniel Jones, right? And one was the you know the tackle behind the line of scrimmage with Paris uh, Campbell because it was supposed to be a pass down the field. So that was the eleventh sack, right? Six of those sacks on Daniel Jones were on Daniel Jones because he didn't slide protection. He didn't recognize a, a blitz and, and change the play. Like, a lot of those sacks were on him. And it's – you're in your fifth, sixth year, and you're not making changes at the line. It, it, it's unacceptable. And you're and it's, it's a snowball effect, right? Like, four of the sacks you were on the offensive lineman getting killed you know, blown up, but a lot of it was on him too. The interception was totally on him. It was a bad read. And he mm-hmm. just stared down the receiver and he got caught. Um, so, listen, I, I've seen this script play out a couple years ago. Um, we all know it. Ben McAdoo had a great first season when he took over for Tom Coughlin took, with 11-5, and five, took him to the playoffs. The next year, he started with two and two and nine, something like that, and got fired halfway through the season because he benched Eli Manning, and he somebody had to pay for it, and he did. I'm not saying Dable could get fired in year two, but if he loses control of this team, God knows what can happen. So he needs to he needs to get get it together. He needs to get this team going, and he and I I, I don't know what he needs to do. But if you're the reigning coach of the year, you better figure it out. I mean, I, but that's I, funny, I, I said it, I, at some point, at some point, it's got to not be on the coach anymore and on the head of player oh, personnel. Oh, it's on the players. It's on, it's, but it's on the players, too. And player personnel, yeah, but a lot of these players are, are gentlemen's guys, too. A guy like Leonard Williams that got overpaid and should have never been brought back. And, you know, thank God this is his last year. You know, like, that's what we're dealing with. You know what I mean? We, it's not just Daniel Jones, but he's a root cause of the problems, too. The two best offensive players aren't on the field. The defense can't make a tackle. They can't get off the field at, at, on third down. I mean, there's a lot of – like, special teams was a joke last night. It, 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 it's a snowball effect, and that's where Dable's got to get control of this thing. I, you know, to Thomas, I, you haven't been able to, to get in. Everybody's kind of – Getting in, get in on our plate. Let me hear your perspective and controversy. You can, you can go back. What's beef by Notorious B.I.G. The stone starts. Ha 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 ha! The crazy part about this. Let me introduce myself. My name is Time. Now I've been trying to talk about this for the past month or so. The season started in September. We're in October at this point in time. From Richard Sherman to Keyshawn Johnson, to Shannon Sharp, to Ryan Clark, Stephen A. Smith, to Chris Broussard, to Nick Wright. All of these people saw everything that we saw last night. And every last one of them said that he should not be quarterbacking, and they made a huge mistake giving him that money, which I understand. And it was something that Shannon iced the cake with that Barry said in his finger food today. If you didn't hear it, please listen to everything on Sports City Chefs Network on YouTube. He said 
this is the only position at the quarterback position that you could get paid for what they think you could potentially end up doing, not for what you are. And the, the Giants basically got caught with their hand in a cookie jar. I heard that in the in the doggone clip that, that Shannon put together and with Barry saying that too. The fact of the matter is, yes, that offensive line is bad. But you have to tell me this. They went through training camp, practice, so on and so forth. Danny Jones knows where that pressure is coming, where his weakness is at in front of him. It is not his fault that that offensive line is bad, but they got to make shift of what they got to deal with right now. There have been so many different quarterbacks year in and year out that had to deal with horrible offensive lines. Exhibit A, a guy that you guys were just talking about, and Joseph Burrow. Joseph Burrow had a horrible offensive line and got to a damn Super Bowl with a horrible offensive line. Matter of fact, I was sitting right next to Barry the villain Jordan when that offensive line crumbled on third down. They stuffed Nixon, and I looked at Barry. I said, the game's over. He's like, how? How do you know? I said, they're going to pass. That offensive line is going to freaking crumble, and he's going to get hit. What happened, Barry? He sat right next to me. Aaron Donald crumbled that line, just like I said, before the plate, before they broke the huddle. I called everything. I called everything. And seeing it, uh, seeing it for years with Matthew Stafford having no offensive line, but making it happen. Stafford had so many fourth-quarter comebacks, so on and so forth. Quarterbacks know what they have to deal with in front of them, regardless if that offensive line is good or bad or not. There is no excuse for how bad this guy is playing at the end of the day. The one thing that makes Danny Jones a threat is that he's mobile and he can pick up the yards. And there's something that uh, I think it was RG3 was saying. RG3 was like, well, they saw him scramble, so they tried to compare him to Michael Vick and Lamar Jackson. That's why they dumped the money in him because he had 700 yards rushing last year. That ain't going to be a year-in, a year-out thing. Like, them dudes got 4-3 speed. And Danny, Danny Jones, I think he went like a 4-4-4-5. He got decent speed, but – it's just something about he, he's not elusive. He's just one of those straight runner speeds. Like, if he had a juke move, it might be different or something, but he don't bring all of that to the game, game in and game out. That was a, an interesting game before the pick six. He was bringing them downfield, got them all the way down there and threw the pick six. Hearing RG3 through the uh, breakdown of when, I think that's Paris Campbell. Yeah, Campbell was the one that he was trying to attend the pass to. He's supposed to throw that ball inside to him. He threw uh, the ball outside. Yeah. It's, it's Paris Campbell, and he threw the ball outside. And, and everybody read that because he's looking that direction for the uh, the receiver at the point in time. And, and that's yeah, what you the quarterback is supposed to be able to the quarterback is supposed to be able to look the defense off. He didn't look the defense off at all, and everybody jumped around. They were even looking at other players like Bobby Wagner. And all of them were ready for that play. It wasn't just Devon. Devon just picked it off and went to the crib. So at the end of the day. They got to get it fixed because after that, we all, uh, America, no, forget America. The world saw Debo bring the freaking tablet to him, show him what he did wrong. You got to, I want people to pay attention to it before I get to it. Look at Daniel Jones when he shows him the tablet and instantly in like half a second, Daniel Jones don't even look because he see how bad it looked on the screen. And that's when he flipped the dog on tablet. It wasn't like, oh, I'm showing you what happened. Daniel Jones was, must have been embarrassed when Dable showed him that, and he flipped the tablet on the ground in front of him. That's embarrassing to let you know that that quarterback don't know what the hell is going on. He don't know what the hell is going on, and yeah, yeah I get it. Dable shouldn't have showed him up like that, but you got you to gotta be with me to be in training camp or practice, everything that he's trying to show Daniel Jones, and he not converting these situations or turning this over game in and game out. I've been told you about this, and that's, that's, on, that's on the cameras. The camera don't lie. That, that's how bad Daniel Jones is. And the fact of the matter is they worried about the backup. Tyrod Taylor is better than Daniel Jones. Put Tyrod in the game. Facts. Yeah, I don't think Tyrod's better than Jones, but I, I'm going to push back on you on one thing. 
I honestly do not think Dable was showing up Daniel Jones. I think he got caught on camera. I don't think he's showing him up because Dable did the same thing last year, week one, when he threw a stupid pick in the end zone. It was not the same play, but it was the same principle. It was near the goal line, and he threw an interception and got in his face, and everybody saw it. He turned it around, the Giants won that game. I don't think it's showing him up. I think it's like, it's really like, are you freaking kidding me that you made that read and you've been doing it this long? Like, you, it's it's the it, the way the concept works. The, the concept is, it's a, it's a two, well, it's two, like, kind of China routes, like, inside hook routes, and then uh, Waller over the top. Waller should have got the ball. That was the progression. He didn't even look at him. He, didn't, he just stared down one guy and threw it because you're anticipating a rush coming at you in two seconds, which I can understand. But to your point, I mean, Joe Burrow gets the ball out in two seconds and makes the right read, so why can't you do it? So it's, I don't think it's showing him up. I think it's like, what the hell are you doing? What are you doing? And it's like, I can see it. Why can't you see it? You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. But um, that's that's where I mean Mike Kafka was the golden child in the off season. Like you know, interviewing for all these jobs, and you know, I haven't seen him adjust anything except for the Arizona game to get this offense going. I mean, you've seen it, TP. You've seen Cincinnati, uh, Mike. I know you've seen it too. Cincinnati make adjustments with the terrible offensive line they had. I don't understand why the Golden Child can't figure it out. Like, it's a mess. The Giant. I don't want to keep talking about it because I talked about it on the Finger Food on YouTube uh, channel. Please go check that out if you haven't. But it's it's got to get fixed. This season they got the Dolphins coming up next. They got the Bills coming up after that. It, it can get really bad really quickly. And I don't think heads are going to roll, but it could be a problem. Anybody want to add to this, and then we can um, we can move to uh, I don't know what other what else anybody else. Will uh, Steelers are next. Hook on. We'll, we'll, the Steelers are next, but uh, Steelers slash Texans next. But I'm going to add a little bit to this yeah. and and let it roll on. Um, this okay. is not the fault of Brian Dable. The, no, I absolutely mean, not. I agree. With you. But he's got to yeah, fix it. So, he he does have to fix it. That's the problem. But this is not a Dayball problem. This is a problem with um, the the selection of the players in the building. Yeah, I I I, I like Darren Waller, and if I was in that position, I would have uh, picked up Darren Waller too, even with his injury concerns. But that doesn't fix a multitude of other issues starting primarily at the uh, wide receiver position and then following up with the offensive line position. And if you're not going to be able to afford Saquon Barkley, figure that out in the third, fourth, fifth round of the draft. And before you say, oh, that's not fair, A-Chain was picked in the third round of the draft this year and is already showing dividends. It's, it's, that was a tremendous pick. <laughs> I can't it, be honest with you. Don't forget but, about my boy Brock Purdy. 
Brock Purdy. Brock yeah, Purdy. Yeah, pick Brock Purdy. And yeah, round of, of, of a few years ago. Like, these are things that good teams do. Mm-hmm. And and that's the thing is that you don't have to pick, you don't have to hit on every pick. You don't have to hit on every pick. Hit on one or two fourth round picks. You need to hit on one you out need of to ten. Hit on your first round pick. You got to hit one on your first round pick. Yeah, exactly. One if you don't hit on your first round pick, that costs you your job. Right, guys? Uh, fifth. Like, yeah. I said fifth round pick. Yeah. If you don't hit your first round pick, I'm just echoing what, what uh, Hughes is saying. If you don't hit on your first round pick, it can cost you your job. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, you might get away with one or two, but not three, four. How many is Gettleman at now? Gettleman he had, uh, he had a, he had he had quite a few picks, and I I can I can tell you first round pick. I can tell you two that stuck: Saquon and Thomas. And now Joe Shane's got first round picks. He's got Kibito. Saquon just isn't reliable, which is a problem. But no. I wouldn't put that on on the GM. But there are several others, in and we like really and truly, even Matt Millen, the worst mm-hmm. general manager of all time, said you should hit on picks one through three. Yeah. As a general manager, worth your salt, you should hit on picks one through three. And then four, seven. If you hit on them, you're going. That's the difference between winning and losing a Super Bowl. That's what Matt Millen said. And he didn't hit on any of his round three picks. Let's <laughs> just be real. Um, and that's why he said on a on a publicized interview that he lost his job in Detroit because he didn't hit mm-hmm. on the he should have hit on. And Gettleman's in the right. exact same position. He's not well, hitting. He's long, he's long gone. He's long gone. And you know, but we're still. We're still You're dealing still with up. the fallout from those picks. You know what I mean? Like there, there were stats. Like yeah. you looked at first round picks that the Gettleman made that haven't haven't materialized and still aren't on this team. Um, you know, you look at like rivals like the Cowboys. Their first round picks have stuck. Look at Micah Parsons. You know what I mean? Um, they got uh, Zach Martin that they picked in the first round. Those kind of guys stick. The Giants. Joe Shane. This is his what second year. Uh, first, you know, uh, as a GM, you know, we but we still don't have – we only got Andrew Thomas that I could look at as a first-round pick that is going to, you know, pan out, you know. So it's important to hit on those. Um, yeah, I mean, it. we can go I, – I hate going on because I know I, I hate monopolizing the show with Giants talk. But, um, yeah, call in number nine two nine four seven seven two seven five nine. NFL front office show. Sirius is out of the building, but we got plenty of chefs in here cooking. Mister Controversy, Mister Harvey, Brian Hughes. Breaking news, Hughes to all you whippersnappers out there, and Timeless, the head honcho himself. So we had also uh, we got to talk about the Steelers game. I know uh, Controversy wants to talk about that. I'm going to tee it up for you, Controversy. But um, you know, fall into two and two. Uh, after a, a, a beatdown in, in Houston where they lost uh, to the Houston Texans. C.J. Stroud looked really good, um, hasn't thrown an interception to open this season. Uh, the Houston Texans are a surprisingly uh, solid football team so far, and the Steelers 
uh, have a whole host of problems. So controversy, take it away. So, I mean, this is the, the crux of the entire top topic of conversation. Um, mm-hmm. So Vegas saw what I didn't see until we were talking on the, um, the, the show on Sunday. And they saw it even more than I even saw it, that the Texans are for real. And that's my belief is that this is not a particularly a Steelers problem, although relatively it is. The Houston Texans have a good coach. They have a good quarterback who cares about the team. They have a decent defense coached up by aforementioned coach D'Amico Ryan. And even guys picked in the third round, a great third round pick. If you look at my, um, if you look at my grades after the draft, and tank depth. But it doesn't excuse the Pittsburgh Steelers of their own problem. One is the quarterback. Kenny Pickett is not the guy. They need to figure it out, but they can't because they're going to be picking in the bottom 15 of the NFL draft every single year. So unless they mortgage for that quarterback, they're not going to get one. The second problem is the offensive uh, offensive coordinator, Canada. He's been, by statistics, the worst offensive coordinator in the National Football League in the past four years. That's not me being mean. That's not me me being cruel. That's not me even trying to stroll serious. He said himself in his figure foods. You should check it out on YouTube.com slash Sports City Chefs. At the end of the day, the Pittsburgh Steelers while they're going to always outperform what they're doing or the talent they have on the roster, they're not going to be a winning team until they find themselves adequate support on the offense. That's quarterback, that's wide receivers, that's running backs. Because I'm not a big fan of Najee Harris either. But what is your guys' thoughts on the issue? Is the issue yeah, I mean, that the are good, or is it that the, the Houston Texans are better than we thought they were? Ahead, I, well, I'll, I'll, I'll answer you real quick, and then I'll pass it around to, to you guys. I mean, I'm just happy... I was I was I was hesitant. I was afraid that DeMarco Ryan took the wrong job. But I think he is so far proving that he, he can coach in this league and I hope that's the case. Just as a you know, as an African American person, you know, obviously I want to root for him, but um, you know, this 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 was a dumpster fire of an organization for the last couple of years, you know, hiring guys and firing them a year later. Um, you know, guys like um uh, DeAndre Hopkins and J.J. Watt and company wanting out of here, uh, Deshaun Watson, of course, as well, 
wanting out of this organization, and I hope Ryan's has come in and has really kind of stabilized what was going on there. Um, C.J. Stroud looks good. It's four games, but like I said, no no turnovers. He threw for over 300 yards, two touchdowns against the Steelers. Uh, I hope they got something down there uh, because you just, you know, me selfishly, I root for a guy like DeMarco Ryan's, but I definitely want to uh, toss it around. Timeless, excuse me, Timeless, I'll start with you. What do you think about uh, controversy's take on the uh, of the Texans and the Steelers? Yeah, D'Amico Ryan's is a good coach. Yeah, D'Amico got a good amount of interest from San Francisco while he was doing his thing at San Fran, uh, helping that defense get stuff together and, and watching these guys play with their hair on fire and kind of, I think, brought his aura out there to Houston. But, um, James, I severely disagree with you. I'm not <laughs> I'm not blaming this on Najee Harris by no means. Uh, Najee's been doing his thing despite all of the offensive woes. That's that's terrible that you you said that you're not a fan of him, but he's like one of the only things cracking for that offense. If he wasn't there, that score probably they probably wouldn't have got the six points on the board. Um, but between what I'm thinking, I think it's like Najee, Pickens here and there on the offense. Defensively, it's T.J. Watt, Highsmith here and there. That's it. Nobody else on that team wants to make a play. Nobody else is making it personal. And the crazy part about it is I love what Sirius said on his finger food today. Please listen to that as well. Um, enough of Tomlin defending these guys that are making him look bad, being the coordinators, more or less Canada and company, um, especially the game that he's calling. Like, they're not getting anything done offensively. The defense, like Sirius said, they can't stop anybody. For the Houston Texans to be a team that's trying to I, – I, I'm going to say it. They're an upstart offense at this point in time. Because Stroud just got here. Stroud looked amazing. Their receivers were pulling away from the secondary. They couldn't even tackle. The Steelers, hold on. I want you to understand what I'm saying to you. The Pittsburgh Steelers can't tackle. What? This is Okay, that's a smash-mouth football team from one of the black and blue divisions in the NFL. And you guys can't put it together. And this is a critical situation, what I'm about to say to you. I remember when Clay Matthews was going on his run, and he kept getting to the quarterback, getting a sack. He would flex and do his thing. Once them offenses figured out to just let Clay keep running outside the boundary and, and trying to, you know, try to keep the play inside, you could get him out of the play, and then the rest of the defense is yours. People are figuring that out quickly with T.J. Watt. Let him run himself outside of the play, and we'll take care of the rest of that because the rest of the defense is putrid. And I feel like using a whole bunch of other words at the end of the day. But there's, there's some players that dodge the bullet. Like Najee, if Pickens is able to get the ball to him, then him offensively. Uh, Freemuth is a good tight end. I'm not going to take that away from Pat. Pat is good also. But the rest of the offense, you ain't hear nothing from Deontay Johnson. Where is he? And then looking at the defensive side of the ball, they got rid of like Spillane and all those guys in the defense. Where the rest of the defense at if TJ is the only one getting all of these sacks, breaking records, he's historical defensive end or linebacker, however you want to address it, for the Steelers and nobody else is coming there, that 2-2 two and two record is like fool's gold. Do not buy it until they can put a string of wins together, at least two or three wins. I feel like I'll be like, if they put three or four wins, I, I feel like I'm pushing the envelope too much unless it favorably falls for them within their schedule. It's bad. Uh, Brian, I'm not going to take Brian Thunder, but um, Tomlin, the, the, the black clouds are coming around Pennsylvania. I'm saying that right here and now, Luther Vandross. Yeah, I mean, Hughes, what do you think about TP's take on on the Steelers and Texans? Man, I 
I got a lot to say about the uh, the Steelers, but in the words of the late great Kobe Bryant, my favorite not only basketball player but really competitor of all time, these motherfuckers look like Charmin. They're soft. They are soft. And I I am shocked, and I told Ty this, I'm shocked to say this about a Steelers team because the one thing the Steelers have never been is soft. But they're soft. They roll over. They had a chance in that game. They had a chance in that game. It was 21. I believe it was 21 to 6. They were driving. And you just watch watch the, the players, how they react to plays. Their shoulders are down. They've got no energy. Nobody is, you know, running over. Like, you look at the really good teams like, like you know, we, we made a comment. Go, go back and watch week one, Christian McCaffrey, 65-yard scamper down the sideline, and two Niners receivers are 40 yards down the field, you know, decleating blocks to the Steelers um, 40, 40, 50 yards down the like, – like Ty was saying – there's nobody, nobody helping Najee when, when even when he does have some room. There's, there's just very little sense of camaraderie if you just watch the body language. And uh, I told Ty, you know what? I, I didn't think just based off looking at the roster, they've got a damn good roster. Najee is not a bad running back. He might be a plotter. He may not be the, you know, the finesse guy, but he should be able to downhill get the yards you need. George Pickens, Deontay Johnson, they have some nice pieces. Fairmouth, they have some nice pieces. I, I, I think this is the year they go sub-500. And unlike how James feels, I think this is the year where they might actually be close enough where they may look at a guy like a Penix or like uh, the, the kid from North Carolina. I always forget his name, Ty, but uh, – they may, may, you know what, by the end of yeah, they may look at the end of this year and go, you know what, we might need this because what, what I, the impression that I get, like we've all played sports, I, I kind of feel like the, the, the people in the huddle, the people in the locker room do not believe, what, regardless of what ownership thinks, regardless of what the coach wants to tell the media, I get the feeling that, that the people in the locker room do not believe Kenny Pickett can lead them to victory. That's that's the feeling that I get. That's the way it looks. Um, you know, we're going to talk about some other guys later, but, like, I was telling Ty, like, you look at guys like Josh Dobbs from Arizona Cardinals, backup quarterback, just constantly harassed all day long during the, the, the Niners game, literally under duress the whole game. And even when they were playing you, uh, under duress. But you know what? just has a cool confidence about himself, makes plays with his legs and his arms. I just don't see that. Daniel Jones, I don't see that. Kenny Pickett, I don't see that. This is the kind of things that you need to do in order to be an NFL quarterback. And, and, and really what it comes down to is one word, swagger. Kenny Pickett has none. And I don't think anybody in that locker room believes he does. I believe most of the people going in each week, including T.J. Watt, who I think is an absolute game wrecker, and it's sad that he's on that squad, uh, have very little faith that they're going to win each week. I think Matt Canada will get axed because he's going to be the scapegoat. But, I mean, the only reason why I don't think there's going to be more cultural changes 
is because this is the Steelers and they've had three head coaches in their entire existence, but it's bad. As far back as I can remember, and, and, and I'm an older guy, so I can remember the 70s, the 80s, the 90s. This is about as bad as I can remember the Steelers looking. It's one thing to lose a game. Like we said last week, like I told you guys last week when the, the, the Cowboys lost. You know what? It's one week. We all have bad weeks. There's going to be times where your defense don't play well. There's going to be times your offense don't play well. Boys, we've played four games. This is the second time in four weeks that an opponent has scored 30 points and they've scored seven or less. It, like, we're getting close to the point where it's time to hit the panic button. Like, like, I'm not saying tank because I don't think that's in the Steelers' nature, but even not tanking, I think they might be a six or seven win team at best. Yeah, I don't. I hate that word tanking. I don't think players and coaches do that. I think that's what organizations like. To be honest with you, I, I like I I, I hate that word because it's like players. You tank, you get hurt, especially in football. You will get hurt. You try to throw a game. So, but they, they just don't. I don't think they. To your point, I don't think they have it. They got talent. I just don't think they have it to win games. And you know, it probably does start at the quarterback position. I think the best thing that could probably happen is just let this season go out, get a high draft pick finally, and you know there's a there's a quite a bit of quarterbacks. I mean, right, Mike? There's a quite a bit of quarterbacks that are coming out in this draft that are pretty talented that you, know, you might be able to snag. Yeah. Yeah, this is a quarterback rich draft. Um, you know, with Caleb Williams, with Drake May. With the kid from uh, Washington, I mean the jury's Penix. still out on uh, the jury's Penix. still out on Penix. Yeah, with with uh, Jaden Daniels at LSU, the jury's still out on him, but he's having he's having a good year. Uh, LSU's problems have nothing to do with what's going on on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, there are several. What's the kid from Oregon, Mike? Nick, right? Yeah, Bo Nix. Uh, the kid from is, my, is he coming out? Miami. Uh, he, yeah. I, I, I feel like he has to. He's been around for like he's 30 like years or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's like old. He's gonna be. He's like literally gonna be in the draft, and he's already gonna have an ARP card. No, the kid from, the kid from, the kid from Miami, uh, the the Connecticut kid at Miami. Um, hey, and Mike, don't I forget, did. don't forget Shador Sanders. I mean, he might come out depending on and where I don't think he might get drafted. No, I don't think, I think he should. Come, I, think I think he'll come back. Yeah, but he'll stay What about Jordan Travis? Yeah, 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 Jordan Travis. You got the kid from Notre Dame who was like, he's going to have an ARP card uh, as Sam well. Sam Hartman, oh, yeah, who, who yep. transferred from Wake Forest, yeah. No, there's two yep. quarterbacks. So you got, yeah. Say that again, there's controversy? No, well, there's, there's only two quarterbacks in this upcoming draft. Uh, Caleb yeah. Williams, Greg May, and honestly, no, 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 I don't, I don't, I don't, believe, I don't buy that. There's a lot of good quarterbacks in college that are coming out. I, you, I you really think there's. We will see one of these guys, one of those guys that are not those two, fall in the top fifteen, and the rest are going to fall out in the first round, which means it's a death step. Let's, let's well, yeah, call I mean, it what that's, it is. that's just that that's that's nature because those teams probably don't need a quarterback. Right, but let me ask you something. 
James, let me ask you this. You think Michael – but give me your perspective on Michael Penix, the quarterback from Washington. So, first question is, is he actually going to come out? That's the first question. If yeah, not, not just your perspective. No, just, just tell me about Michael. No, just tell me about Penix. Yeah. I want you to tell me about him. Right, right, right. So, I have not watched a lot of Washington football. Okay. This Never mind. Um, come on, come on, James. You got you got to give James, us something. Come on, James. As a West Coast dude, I will just tell you. I know we do most of our film review in the off season. You know, I'm a USC guy, and I've been on air as saying, and Ty will tell you this, and I am no homer. I think Penix might be better than Caleb Williams. If you watch the games, the kid is good. And I'll give you another I, guy as well. To watch some tape on, you might want to watch the kid from Duke. I think his last name is Leonard. That kid is playing. Yeah, he's a But Penix can throw the ball. But listen, Caleb Williams, the dual threats, and when he gets to dancing in the pocket, no, man, true. that kid drops dimes. Though I, I understand what I, you're saying on Penix, but Penix also, uh, you know, came out of Indiana, showed struggles there. Caleb Williams has been good uh, anywhere he's been in college. I, I'm not saying that Penix doesn't have the ability to be a good player, but I, I think it's a little bit premature to say that Penix is going to be is better I, than Caleb Williams. I'm not – listen, I'm not I saying think, he is, but all I want to say is for perspective, how many people mm-hmm. from the quote-unquote draft, draft mix in the shows were saying that, that, that Bryce Young was a better quarterback than, than C.J. Stroud, and how does that look now? Right. How many Just people are saying? I did not say How many people were saying don't draft? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on, Sure, How many people were saying don't even draft Anthony Richardson? He's a project. There was literally cats at the combine asking him to do tight end drills. Tight end drills, because they didn't think he could play quarterback. So all I'm saying is. Every year this shit happens, like, that people get vastly underrated. I'm not taking away anything that Mike just said. He's absolutely right. Caleb Williams is a phenomenal, phenomenal athlete. The thing that I like about Penix, and Mike, I'm sure you would agree, it's nothing else but his swag. He, I, I just think there's a certain confidence that your, your quarterback has to exude and when he's on the field, you can see it. It's infection with, infectious with the other team, and he is not afraid to push the ball down the field. And in the NFL, you cannot just throw sideline to sideline. You have to be willing to throw it down the field. Kind does too, though. What's that? Say that again, Mike? Kevin Williams does too, though. And at the end of the oh, no, day, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not, yeah, I'm not yeah, saying no, Caleb, Mike, Caleb I'm saying the, the swag. But yeah. at the end of the oh, day, Caleb has the, the day, talent. Yeah, he does. At the end yeah, of the day, yeah. Richardson, Richardson, if you look at his body of work in college, mm-hmm. it was not overly impressive. Now, he blew the test out of the water at the combine. Maybe part of a system and a change in coaches and everything. I, I, I went on record in saying I didn't think Richardson should be taken as high as he was taken, but I did not think that he should not be drafted at quarterback. Having the guy run tight end drills, oh, that's ridiculous. That never should have happened. But what I will say is uh, the jury is still 
out on these guys. We're talking about four games in, like like they've really uh, done enough to show us a full body of work. But C.J. Stroud is the truth. I'll give you that too. Yeah, I, and I think that was what I took away from the game. I think the Steelers, I think Matt Canada is a prime candidate. I, I think Tomlin is loyal, and I think I've heard, I don't know who said it, it may have been Shannon Sharp. I mean, loyalty, you know, will get you so far. It, it could cost you too. So I, I, I don't know how much longer you can stick with this guy, but he likes to hire from within. He'll be the next man up, not somebody from outside the organization. I think that could be a mistake. Um, to be honest with you, but I mean, I, switching gears real quick because I think the quarterback talk is really kind of leading to my next kind of question for you guys. I mean, I think if the Giants keep on this track, I think they should highly consider drafting a quarterback if Daniel Jones doesn't get it together. I think the Steelers can be in that position where if they don't get it together, they could be looking in the draft for a quarterback. Do you think the New England Patriots, after their pretty bad performance against the Cowboys where Matt Jones had didn't look very good, could they be in the market for a quarterback in the draft if things don't play out the way they hope it should? I mean, I'll, I'll, TP, I'll start with you. I mean, the Patriots right now, you know, they're just as much of a mess as any other team that we've been talking about, the Bengals, the Giants excuse the Steelers, I mean, where do you see the Patriots? Um, it goes beyond further than me, but I'm an 80s baby, so I remember all the worldwide sports on ABC and one of the more prolific announcers, Keith Jack, used to go, oh, Nelly, boy, and when he would say that, you know something is wrong. The Patriots need to get rid of Mac Jones, not now. But right now, and the crazy part about it is, okay, Dallas, like, really exposed him because we've seen it on a national stage, but he's not progressed or gotten better. And every time they try to show him on the sideline or, you know, kind of, like, try to give him air, like, it's just something that Mac don't really fit. And it was something I was talking about, Brian, and I don't want to steal too much of his thunder, but the Patriots of yesterday ain't the Patriots of today. And I don't want to go too much into that because I know that's Brian's Pages, hey, and I don't want to take the pages that he broke. Preach. You know what I'm saying? Preach. So No, 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 no. I ain't going to take from you never. Never. I never take from my family. That's one thing I do. I make sure my family eat. We, we eat together. So the fact of the matter is I've been disgusted with Mac Jones. I think this was last year when they played the Raiders. I don't know if y'all remember that game. When that touched that, I think Taylor Jones, and it's funny that they, they he got a debacle going on in Vegas now where that, that he ended up scoring a game with a touchdown, and, and Mac Jones is already a dirty player. They already got it out for him, and it's already the Patriots. So, you know, teams are gunning to beat Belichick. You got all of that going on, and he can't complete passes the way you need him to complete passes. He got by with one pass, and he threw across the field, across his body, and hit Kendrick Bourne for the first down. He tried that crap again, and that pick six was like – like I felt like it was mad when he did it. And I'm like, yo – let me hit the X button so I can switch to this player and pick him. Like, I, I want you to do that to me. And it was like, that was his thing, like, to try to get out the pocket and throw across the, the field to try to catch the Dallas Cowboys defense slipping. And you knew you have been doing your homework on them all week long and nothing came to you to adjust at all. And I remember they put the camera on Belichick and Belichick threw the clipboard down and said, Jesus Christ. So you could tell Belichick done with him. 
it ain't just us having our personal agenda. Belichick is one of the people, if not, I feel like he's a GM that could pull strings. If not, we know he's a head coach. You know he got influence on them. You know Mac Jones is a, a dead man walking in that organization at the end of the day. I really feel like one of those big-time quarterbacks that we saw or we spoke about will end up in New England learning behind Mac Jones for another season. Mac Jones' days are numbered in the NFL. I think he'll be a Canadian football player in three to five years. Yeah, I, I mean, I think people talk about his arm talent or lack thereof. You know, I don't know if he's the guy. I, I'm seeing him make silly mistakes. I, I thought it was the offensive coordinator or lack thereof of an offensive coordinator last year. Throw that he made that pick six to Bland, who was a, going thrown across his body across the field like he's Patrick Mahomes. It's inexplicable. No, no reason. Well, I will say Whoever, who, go ahead, Mike. I will. I will say this. If he's going to go to the Canadian Football League, he needs to take that other Matt that we were just talking about with him. Because Matt Canada, with his offense, with with a bunch of, like, uh, try to trick you here and this and, and people moving around and whatever, that offense does not work. It didn't work at LSU. It, it, was, it was bad there. He got canned in the Southeastern Conference. He shouldn't be in Pittsburgh as the offensive coordinator. Matt Canada and Matt Jones maybe should go together and maybe uh, lead the Calgary Stampeders to a last-place finish in the CFL. And at bare minimum, I, mean, I think we should see uh, Bailey Zappi in the in the position before they completely cut bait with everything that they have in the organization and um, and try for a um, a first-round draft pick because. Honestly, they're not going to be in a position to draft one of the top two guys. And my opinion, once again, this is before actually hitting the uh, the draft tape too hard. I don't think that there's anybody else in the um, in this upcoming draft better than the top, let's say, four guys that are in like legitimate contention for um for for starting quarterback year one. So give if you're going to bail on Mac Jones after this year, give Bailey Zappi a chance after week nine. They tried to like, save Mac Jones. Like, like, like Bailey, Bailey Zappi should have been starting. Bailey, they they put Bailey Zappi on the bench to save Mac Jones' career. Mac Jones should not have been a starter to start the career uh, season now. When Bailey came in, the, the, the offense had a spark last year and won games. Like uh, no, Bailey, Bailey should get in now before this gets any worse. And Belichick's trying to chase where I think it's like three thirty to catch uh, Shula's win record. It, it ain't gonna get there with sure. Mac Jones. It surely ain't gonna happen. I mean, do you guys think Hughes? I'll bring this to you. Do you I'll think Belichick's legacy is on the line with this guy? I don't think his legacy is on the line. You you can't you you can't take a coach that's one of the two or three most winning winningest head coaches in the entire league has won more championships than anyone else and say, oh. You know, now all of a sudden he's not a good head coach. But I will tell you guys this. I have a whole different respect, and I cannot remember the life, the life of me, his name. He's now over 
He's now over with the Houston Texans, but the front office guy that used to be over with New England, Bill Belichick actually, Ty, is in charge of both player personnel and the head coach. And I think that's where they went wrong because if you look at the decisions that New England has made the last couple of years, both in free agency, I love me some Kendrick Kendrick Bourne, my my wide receiver from, from San Francisco, but there was no way in hell we were going to give him $9 million a year. I, you know, everybody talked about how great Mac Jones was coming out of college. Here's some stats for you boys. Mac Jones has the worst QBR in the entire league when he's under pressure. This is since he's come into the league. He has a QBR, get ready for it, sub-20, 19.4, under pressure. Sub-20. His completion percentage has went down every single year he's been in the league, and he's regressed every single year. His best 10-game stretch of his entire career was the first 10 games he started. Now, you tell me another quarterback that's been in the league three years and the best product they put on the field was in the very beginning when they didn't even know the offense. And you know what? I understand people are going to say, oh, you know what? He had Josh McDaniels. Oh, you know what? Last year he had to put up with Matt Matt Patricia. Well, you know what? This year he has Bill O'Brien, who's a pretty goddamn good offensive coordinator. And and I got to tell you, and I told Ty this, if you just visually look at it, he's the worst quarterback in the league. Literally, like, Daniel Jones looks like a pro bowler compared to Mac Jones. He looks lost. He doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't have any kind of feel for the pocket. If somebody's behind him, if somebody's around him, where people are at, like he's going through the motions. And then on top of it, listen, we all have that best friend that's homely looking, right, but is a super nice guy. So when you go to the club, you take him with with you. You're the wingman. Listen, you can't be a shitty football player and be a bad sport and expect to get your teammates to want to rally around you. I mean, listen, we've all heard the reports. He's a crybaby. He's a brat. He's a whiner. You know, he's a dirty player. You can't have all those comments and not be a good quarterback. You know, Trey Lance will get another shot with Dallas. You want to know why? He handled, he handled his situation with class. The bottom line, Brock Purdy is the better quarterback right now. He needs to be developed. He handled it with class. He's a good guy. He was a hell of a teammate. But you know what? He'll get another opportunity because he's not a shitty person. I think Mac Jones is a shitty person. And I don't say that about a lot of people. But the person, like, I think Ty's right. And I'm not even going to say three to five years. Listen, you look at the salary structure of his deal, they couldn't release him this year even if they wanted to because they would have taken a $9 million hit. But next year, if you look at the cap hit, it's only 4.9. I, I wouldn't be completely surprised if he's not on this team next year. I really wouldn't. Because you know what? Bill has played with too many good quarterbacks. Between, you know, call it spoiled, whatever you want, between Bledsoe and Brady and guys that really are invested in winning, he's not going to continue to put up with this. I mean, how many years does he have left? Like, I, I don't know, guys. Like, to me, I mean, this is literally the perfect storm. You know what? I'm not a huge Kenny Pickett fan. I'm not a huge Daniel Jones fan. But you know what? I like both of those guys a whole lot more than this guy. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I saw somebody talking about Bill Belichick and his legacy taking a hit and all that. I was like, this guy won two Super Bowls as a defensive coordinator with the New York Giants and won six Super Bowls as a head coach. And right to your guy's point, I think TP said it's chasing um, Shula as all-time winning as coach. I don't understand. I, I think the fact that Brady won a Super Bowl without him validated Brady more than it diminished Bill Belichick. I, I, don't, I don't know how you can get diminished by anything that he's done. I agree with you. As a GM, he's, he's pretty bad. And I think he's had time to build a team, and he hasn't done it. He hasn't done it in the draft. He hasn't done it in free agency. And I think that's where his, his – that's where he takes a hit. But if I'm New England, I, I, guys, correct me if I'm wrong. I think he ha- they have to decide – to opt into the fifth year of his contract this coming off season, correct? Because he's in his third year. Um, or is it the fourth year? I think it's the third after the third year that you can you can decline his option or pick it up, right? Um, so it's after it's after the fourth year. So technically, he has one more guaranteed year, and then after that, it's an option. I'm saying. They may, depending on how things go this next year, they may just eat that cap hit. I, I can't imagine that Kraft and uh, and and Bilicek are happy with the way the situation is right now. Yeah, I don't. I at this point, there's no way that I'm picking up that option. I I, I think it is the after the third. I'm I'm pretty sure it's after the third year. Um, because I think that was that was what happened with Daniel Jones after the third year. They they could have picked up his option, they didn't, and then they had to give him the extension. So, uh, I'm, but I, I can't be wrong. But I, if, I I'm not doing it if I'm the Patriots. I'm not picking up that fifth year option. Oh no, absolutely not. No, you shouldn't. Um, I mean, at this point, when you're the New England Patriots, you should be looking for the next best best option consistently because Mac Jones is not the guy who's going to lead you to a Super Bowl win or a playoff berth in the current AFC East. Yeah, I don't no, – they're, they're, they're the – Hey, Villain, go ahead, just go ahead. a heads up. The, uh, the guy I was talking about earlier, his name is uh, Nick Casero. Just a FYI, he yeah. he went over to the uh, he went over to the Texans in 2021. If you look at that draft class and what they've got since third round guys like, for example, like Nico Collins, um, he, mm-hmm. he, he he's a good personnel guy, and I think they're so sorely sorely missing him right now in New England. Yeah, absolutely. Because I I don't see how I don't see Belichick. You know, it's like that Bill Parcells thing years ago in '96. Uh, like, you know, let me, you know, if you want me to cook the meal, let me uh, pick, you know, do the sh- grocery shopping. I don't think Belichick should be shopping for the groceries. Um, that's what player personnel should be doing. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm cooked on that. I mean, really quick, I want to bring it around before, you know, we, we shut this down with the Bengals. Um, really quick, controversy. Are you taking um, Burrow out of the lineup to, to rest him up to get him healthy? Um, yeah, and even if he's not as a fancy football guy, I'm taking him out of my fancy. I do have him in one league, and I'm taking him out until he proves that he's 
better. So either way, and honestly, given where the Cincinnati Bengals are right now, Mm -hmm. I might consider putting them on IR for the rest of the year and just waiting to and just, for lack of better terms, tanking and seeing what I can get on the next um, set of NFL draft prospects because I don't see in this AFC the Bengals having a shot if they lose the next two days, two games. No, I, yeah, I, I would I would take him out of the lineup um, if if I'm the head coach to get him healthy because they should have they should they should have started him on the IR to get him healthy. They put him out there and they still lost. I think it's been a waste. I, that's my gut. TP, um, what 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 would you do if you're the head coach of, if you're the head coach of the Bengals right now with Joe Burrow? Um. Before or right now, like like when the season started, or well, look, at this moment in week week five. Yeah, Tell me where you. Either way, you can, answer answer them both. Answer them both. Beginning of the season, I'm putting two hundred and seventy five million dollars in this dude. You telling me we starting the season with you? No, you sit right here and get one of them um, Deion Sanders scooter where you can put your leg up. Or matter of fact, you making so much money, we'll get you the motorized wheelchair and you could move your head or you could use the joystick to. Move around, do what you got to do. You're not jeopardizing nothing. You are $300 million investment. Investment. Yeah. And, and the way the way that you're showing me this, right, is like I'm like, well, in a Super Bowl year, we didn't even get you no protection up front anyway. And we got you with the same type of offensive line right now, and they're still beating you up. So, like, no, you sit down right here, get as much time as you need because this is an investment at the end of the day. It, unless we really gonna tank this season and watch you blow it, but it's like I'd rather give you the four weeks to get back up in here and try to save us. But he's not gonna get better on his feet and actually frustrating their offense. Like T. Higgins is hurt. Jamar Chase is pissed off and saying that he's always open. Where the heck did Tyler Boyd go? And his tight end play ain't the same either. It's like that cap is significant to everything that uh, Joe Burrow can do because he's able to buy time and make plays downfield, be able to push the ball. He can't because he's gingerly worried about aggravating it or something else worse happening. So, um, no, you, you get over here and get right, and um, we'll we'll make this 275-plus work. Like, that that's the only way I can look at it, but that, that's how I'm looking at it. Both, even at the start of the season and right now, too, like, <laughs> the damage is done. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like Baltimore is gone, and who else is up in the top of the division? Cleveland. Cleveland. Mm, they could catch Cleveland, but especially with Deshaun out. But I really feel like Baltimore's gone. I told y'all. I told y'all at the beginning of the season. I said Baltimore's division. Everybody like Pittsburgh, 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 Pittsburgh. Look at <laughs> look at this stuff now. I told y'all the Blackbirds. Try to tell them at the beginning of the season. Mike, all <laughs> let me stop as we proceed. Yeah, I, don't, I didn't. I didn't have Pittsburgh winning this division. I thought they'd be competitive. Um, yeah, but honestly, Hughes. I mean, if I'm the if I'm Mike Brown, the owner, I'm Zach Taylor, the coach. I'm sitting him. I'm sitting him until I'm sitting him for at least a month. But I mean, Hughes, what are you doing with um, what are you doing with Joe Burrow? I think it's tough because I think Ty brought up the the most relevant point, right? Which is 
where we are right now versus the beginning of the year. Because the reality right. is, if you if you sit him now, everybody knows that you made a mistake by starting him week one. I mean, I understand that maybe the people that know a little something extra about the game, like us sitting here and some others already know that, but I'm saying the fans. Right now it's like, hey, why are we starting slow? Keep in mind, the Bengals are notorious slow starters anyway. They started the season last year two and three when he was healthy. Mm -hmm. So it's not unusual for them to start off a little rocky, if you will. But I think the bigger problem is exactly what you said. In this division, in this division, I don't, I don't think, um, I don't think they're necessarily going to have to worry about um, the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Unfortunately for Sirius, I've already said I think they're a sub 500 team. But mm-hmm. the Ravens, if you think about it right now, everybody's saying like, oh, they don't look that good. Well, let's keep in mind that they're missing two of their starting defensive backs. They're missing two receivers, and they're missing a lineman right now. The Ravens are only going to continue to get better. That we, we, you know, the Harbaugh's, call it whatever you want. You may not like them, but the one thing that their players do is play hard, whether it's John, uh, you know, or, 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 or the one that I will not say as a, as a Niner fan. Uh, no, Jim, um, they, they play hard, and so – the Steelers are the excuse me. The Bengals are already kind of behind the eight ball, right? You've already spotted a head start, and I gotta tell you, I think that you don't sleep on the Cleveland Browns. Like, if they no. can get Deshaun Watson back healthy, I, even without even without Chubb, with Chubb they're they're a monster. But even without Chubb, that defense is no joke. Miles Garrett is. Once again, I'll say quietly because the national media does not talk about him in the same breath as they talk about Bosa or, uh, you know, um, number 11 from heaven or, you know, T.J. Watt. For whatever reason, he's kind of, he's kind of the, uh, the, the, the kid in dodgeball that's kind of left to the side till the end. He's every bit as talented as those three or four boys and, and maybe in some cases more talented. Um, Cleveland is going to be a problem, especially when they get healthy. So I say this with a grain of salt because I get everything you guys are saying about the $275 million, but I also know you've already had him, had him start four games, and the reality is short of resting him for three or four weeks, is he really going to get significantly better? Probably not if you rest him for a game or two. So with that being said, I think they're just going to continue to roll with him. I mean, I think that's just an honest answer. I, I think the the wrong decision was made at the beginning of the year. I think you need to set yep. a precedent that your players are always the most important asset that you have to any organization. Um, but the bottom line is Burrow's time to, trying to be a team player. You look at their schedule. They had they had back to back home uh, back to back um, division games to open the uh, to open the season against the Ravens and the Browns. And I, I think they were hoping to split those. And the, I think the one game they were not expecting is to get absolutely throttled by Tennessee. And like I said, it, it, it doesn't get any easier. You look at their, look at just look at the next five games. They play not the Cardinals. Easy. We already all know. We already all know how feisty the Cardinals are. Then they play the Seahawks. Then they play the Niners. Then they play the Bills. Then they play the Texans. Then they play the Ravens. There's a scenario where they lose 
all six of those games. Yep. And then what do you do with Joe Burrow? Because I will tell you right now, Seahawks just generated 10. You know, yes, some of that's on Daniel Jones. Yes, some of that's on the offensive line. The Seahawks just had 10 sacks versus the New York Giants. The Niners are touted as having one of the best pass rush and best D-lines in all of football. Do not sleep on the Bills Mafia. I think they have a top-five defense and can absolutely get after it. And when you look at the Texans and what D'Amico Ryan's done, especially with adding, uh, uh, I believe his name is Willie Anderson, the, uh, the edge rusher from Alabama, they get after it too. Like, you do not want an, Ilmo, an immobile quarterback just sitting back there getting teed off on. So they, they do. They have some tough decisions to make in Bengaland because you're about to come up against four or five teams, including the Ravens, that can absolutely rush the passer. And you know what? Like Ty said, like James said, do you really want to put your $275 million uh, Maserati in the middle of, you know, a hailstorm? That's exactly what they're doing because he's not going to get better by playing. And, you know, he's clearly not healthy right now. He probably shouldn't have started the season. I think Jamar Chase said he should have sat down five games uh, as long as he needed to. Uh, he said that before the season started, and people thought he was crazy. He ain't crazy. I think when he went down in practice on a non-contact injury, they should have been bringing in a veteran to say, we're going to start the season with you on, the, on you know, not playing. That's what they should have done. TP is absolutely right. And now this is where they're at, where they could possibly be, you know, one in five or six or what have you. It, it's not a good look. Mr. Harvey, wh- what are you doing yeah, with Burrow? Day- yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, man, this is a long-term investment, right? And right. here's the deal. If you if you don't take care of this guy, then you end up basically flushing that investment down the toilet, right? Like, um, I, I think you should have put him on the pub list to start the season. I agree you should have brought in a veteran. And now if he's – as long as he's not – listen, your eyes tell you when you watch him play that he's not right. He's not throwing the ball vertically down the field. Joe Burrow's not – he doesn't have a Pat Mahomes type of arm. He doesn't even have a Josh Allen type of arm. But he's got plenty of arm to make deep throws. He's got plenty of arm to get the ball down the field. But he cannot do that right now. Why? Because he's not healthy. So at the end of the day, you're investing this kind of money into this guy. You, you sit him out. Now, is the answer to put it, sit him out for the entire rest of the season – I don't know that that's the answer. I think even if you bring him back, if you can get him back healthy, even if you aren't in the playoff picture, uh, you know, at at times you you play to spoil. You play to get as many good reps as you can and, 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 and see what you can do late in the year and kind of try to get some momentum going into the next year if you can get him back right. But you don't rush him back. Uh, it, you already got Higgins out. Like you said, you're not getting the play out of the tight end. This is a guy that even in the Super Bowl season, he was sacked something like 72 or 76 times. TV said it. They didn't protect him at all and got him beat up that year. And the fact that he was able to still take the team to the Super Bowl, he got sacked nine times in a playoff game by the Titans. And they still found a way to win the game. So, 
I mean, it, the guy's tough. I understand that. And he got the re- he he earned that reputation even in college. So the guy's tough. And sometimes when you got a guy like that, you have to save him from himself. This is a long-term investment. And if you don't protect the player, you're going to end up flushing that money down the drain. And you're going to get him killed and ruin his career. I agree. you got to protect him from yourself. That's why TP said as soon as he signed that contract, that was the, hey, you signed this contract, you ain't playing the first month or so until you're right. I think you just have to do it. You have to bite that bullet and figure out a way to win games. You know what I mean? So um, that defense is still pretty good. They still got talent, but now you're in this kind of lost space where the season can get out of hand and it can get out of control for them. So um, I know he's not going to want to sit. He's probably not going to sit. I don't think that's a discussion that they're having in Cincinnati, but if I'm the coach and I'm the owner, that's what I would have done before, and that's what I would have to do now. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, Real quick before I I get out of here, I did want to touch on the Dolphin question to you guys. Um, Timeless, I'm going to start with you because you're the head man in charge always, so I always like starting with you. Um, Were you impressed by the Bills, or were you disappointed in the Dolphins? Uh, disappointed in the Dolphins. Um, the Bills play strong in Buffalo. That's the thing that the Dolphins needed to consider. And with the streak on their head that Buffalo's been taking care of business up against the Dolphins, I feel like the Dolphins should have took it a little more personal. The first four drives were touchdowns. The Bills scored first. The Dolphins scored second. The Bills scored third. The Dolphins scored fourth. It's like you got to keep pace with that. And some way, one way or another, we give the Dolphins defense credit. They got to show up and slow some stuff down. Like, even in the game where they scored 70, they let Russell Wilson and them put up 20 points in that game, and everybody's still questioning Russell Wilson, even though Russell has turned his game around. But um, the Dolphins, they, I guess they didn't take that game that personal. Buffalo is still their juggernaut that they can't figure out, especially up there in western New York. So, um the Dolphins, of course, still have one of the more scariest players that I, I consider. He's one of my favorite receivers in Tyreek Hill. Um, but they still got to be able to make that magic happen and win games that they need to win, not just win here or there. Like, this, this is their time to take over the division. And uh, the Bills put themselves right back in the driver's seat. Uh, I, I, can't, I can't agree. You know, we'll, we'll see. But, I mean, um, controversy. Were you impressed with the Bills or disappointed in the Dolphins? I was fully impressed by the Bills. Um, This is a team that it's not like the Dolphins laid down compared to the defenses they played against in the past couple of weeks. It was more that the Bills played a better defense and a better standard of football than the Miami Dolphins were used to. So from a from an outside perspective, from a perspective of, oh, we've watched them the past two weeks and they've played really well, you might have been disappointed, but you've got to remember that they were playing against the Broncos. They were playing against the Broncos who barely beat the Chicago Bears. <laughs> Fourth team in the NFL. By far. 
and we're, I'm not talking about statistics or record or anything, just visual eye contact stuff, Bears are the worst team in the NFL. And they had to and come back from 21 well, down to beat them. Well, well they didn't beat yeah. them fairly. They beat them considerably by, like, the point. It's still to the – it's still to the point that they're not going to be playing the Broncos every week. They're going to play teams that mean something in the NFL. And they've got to step up and do that when they're playing against top teams in the NFL, not playing against the Broncos, not playing against any other scrub team they've been playing against this season, the Patriots. They're going to have to play against good teams to win against good teams. And they failed that test against the Bills. We'll see what happens the next time. But right now, that's an impressive win by the Bills. Mr. Harvey, are you impressed with the Bills or disappointed in the Dolphins? Uh, The answer to your question is yes. Uh, Because a little bit of both. Yes, what? Uh, Here's the... Yes to both, yeah, uh, but here's the okay. yeah yeah because here's the encouraging thing though. At least Tua got hit and was able to get back up. Um, we didn't see, you know, his lights go out and whatever else. So I think that's got to be encouraging by the Dolphins. Um, listen, this isn't college football. One loss isn't going to wreck you. So I'll be curious to see later in the season once these teams hook up again down at South Beach. And the Bills have Von Miller back. What this uh, looks like, and how and how that Dolphins team is able to adjust. I think this is still a very dynamic offense. I think that this is a team that has a chance to be very, very good um, if they can protect their quarterback because they have lots of weapons. And Tua over the last couple seasons when he's been healthy, has answered a lot of questions as far as whether or not he can make the throws. That being said, you know, we've said that Bill's window is closing, and I believe it is, but it hasn't slammed shut yet. And let's keep this in mind. This Bill's team, they beat themselves in the opening week of the season. Take nothing away from the Jets, but it took, what, what five turnovers or something? Uh this team played a really sloppy game. Uh, you know, you play one less turnover in that game, you probably win. The Buffalo Bills are still a legitimate contender uh, in the AFC. And so you went into their house. You got hit in the mouth. I was not a, a, impressed with the way Miami played in that game. Uh, I was impressed with the way with the way Buffalo played, but I think that, you know, once again, I want to see how these teams adjust. They have to meet later in the season, and we still got uh, several games for these teams to continue to write their stories between uh, when they hook up again. So, uh, you know, it's not going to be, to controversy's point, it's not going to be as easy as it was against Denver. And you may, you may mention Denver just barely beat Chicago, and they had to come from 21 down to do it. Um, the Patriots have not looked impressive, though they'll probably play a pretty good game this weekend because they play the Saints. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, but I think that 
both things can be can be true, Barry. I think you can be a, a little bit underwhelmed by what you saw from the Dolphins and impressed with what you saw from the Bills. Yeah, I think both things are true. But you got to pick one. Pick one right now. Pick one. Um, more impressed by Buffalo. There we go. Hughes, what do you got? Impressed with Buffalo? Disappointed in Miami. Yeah, I gotta go. <clears throat> I gotta go with Buffalo and specifically Josh Allen. I remember being on this network and being the only person saying like, "Let's pump the brakes on the Josh Allen hatred." In the last three games, he's thrown eight touchdown passes, only one pick. He's had two completely clean, turnover-free games, and as we see, the correlation is they're three and zero in their last three games. When Josh Allen plays good this team will play good. They generated four sacks and held the uh, the vaunted Miami Dolphins to less than 400 total yards of offense. Um, but I do got to give a quick shout-out to my man, Miami Dolphins, uh, the, the the running back. Man, that guy, that guy's a beast. Devontae, my favorite rapper's 2 chains, but my last name is A-Chain. That guy is a beast, dude. It's funny how you, you find these running backs that are just, like, sitting on the depth chart you know, and they're using Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert, and it's like, as explosive as this kid is, like, why did it take? Why did it take like two weeks before we started giving this kid carries? Like, he he hasn't. He's had 27 attempts now, mind you. The other backs that are in the top 10 all have 60 plus. He's number six right now in the NFL in rushing, and every other back in the top 10 has doubled his carry total. Now, I, I get it. I, I know it's skewed because of the uh, the game against the Broncos. You don't get to play the Broncos every week, but uh, the kid looks impressive. But uh, major kudos to uh, to Allen. And, and like I said earlier, the Buffalo defense is for real. They're a really good defense. If Josh Allen just plays within himself and, and doesn't feel like he has to do too much, they're going to be a really tough team to beat in the AFC. I, I would even – venture to say they're probably the best team right now in the AFC. Yeah, I mean, I kind of – I see where everybody's coming from. I agree with everybody here. I lean more towards um, disappointed in the Dolphins because I said it last week that I thought they were the most impressive team uh, coming into uh, week four. I thought they were probably one of the best, if not the best team. And they just, I don't think they laid an egg, but I just think they came crashing down to earth pretty hard. And it was pretty disappointing to see because you saw so much from that offense. You liked what you saw from Tua. You liked what, I mean, obviously Tariq Hill, um, you know, is doing things that you, we ha- we've we only seen what Megatron do, timeless, like with the yardage per season. So um, from that perspective, I was really disappointed that, they laid an egg, but they just, you know, got beat. They got beat up by the Bills. And, and give, you know, listen, we killed um, we killed Josh Allen on the show because he, he was reckless. He doesn't, you know, take care of the football. He does some silly things and, and was getting to be a little turnover prone. But he, after that week one debacle against the Jets, and I, I kind of subpar performance against the Raiders, the last two games, he's put the league on notice that, hey, I'm still that dude. I may be on the Madden cover, but I'm that guy, right? So, you know, really kudos to the Bills for coming, you know, at home taking care of business. But to me, I was just disappointed that the Dolphins didn't put up more of a fight than what they did. 
Um, you know, and, and listen, honestly, go ahead. And Barry, you know, the quick, I'm going to just do it quick. They put up 70 okay. points on Denver without Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle came back. Right. So it's like your offense right. would have been even more of a, a problem, and it didn't look like it. So that that was a disappointment because right. they, they have the fastest offense in the league from what I'm hearing, but um, it ain't everything. But that's, yeah, that's absolutely thing, right. I mean, can't assume that everybody's playing the worst of the league every single week. The right. Coes are the worst of the league. The Bears are the worst of the league. Okay, we but Tredavious White tore his Achilles. So now, so now you took the best corner out of the fraction. So now, if you want to do I, that, I, right? Though, because the Broncos are so bad, and they were what? so bad that they had to make a miraculous comeback against the Chicago Bears, who I think did that on purpose, just to get the number one, number two overall picks in the NFL draft this upcoming April. That's what they're that's what they're gunning for right now. Is the number one and number two overall pick. They'll trade and and we'll we'll hit that in another week because we're right now we're at fifteen minutes left of the show. And I think we need a little more more time than that, but <laughs> I'm almost done, but Listen, I listen. I, I agree with Timeless because Waddle didn't play. They scored seventy points. You get that repping back, who was the number one on a lot of teams, and they didn't put up the points. So, um, from that perspective, but I was going to say too, Timeless. Honestly, I'm just I felt good to see Demar Hamlin out there playing football. I don't know about you guys, but that was really that was awesome to see. So, um, I took that away from the game as well, but be honest with you, I was just disappointed that Dolphins didn't put up more. Um, I'm cooked. I'm I'm ready to go. Wifey's mad. So, um, <laughs> but I mean, anything else anybody wants to throw in there before we get out of here? Yeah. Um, so I do want to throw out the New York Jets. I know you got to go. Go ahead and, and uh, pop on out. I will close out the show well, I'm for the, you. I'm, I'm on the host. I'm on the host line. I can't. I can't just. I. I can't shut it down. So. Um, oh. You know. You sure? Pretty I'm sure you can, but. It, not the other way. Fine, we're wrong. I'll. I'll, I'll shut it down. It's like the bottom of Bailey Circus. And. Forcechefs.com. Um, <laughs> Check out my latest article about um, about fantasy football. I've been killing Absolutely. it. Oh, I'm, I'm humble brag, but full brag. <laughs> I've been killing it with these fantasy football articles the entire fantasy football season, including telling you to draft Sam Laporta in the last round of your NFL of your um, fantasy football draft. It's not the last round. The penultimate round or the anti-penultimate round. Get Sam Laporta. Right now he is tight end two on the season. I told you to draft Devon Achane. Right now he is running back two on the season. So check out my next article about who you should trade and who who you should keep or who you should trade for 
as we're running into round four, into week four, slash five. And most important thing is the waiver wire is dead now. Trade away your fab. Trade it off if you're in a fab league. Trade it off. Is not worth anything now. Get rid of it for something that's worth something. Till next time. Later on, guys. Peace. We'll t- we'll, we'll open with the Jets uh, tomorrow. But hey, the waiver wire is not dead because the villain put a pretty good article up there. There's still some pieces that you can guys can go out there and try to pick up if you're in a deep league. You're desperate. So I I, I resent that controversy and humble brag himself. <laughs> But it's a good article. Make sure you get out there and uh, and you read that. Uh, I think he, Mr. Harvey dropped off. Shout out to Mr. Harvey. He'll be on tomorrow, I'm pretty sure, day night on the Roundtable Gumbo with Mr. Chandler Knight. So make sure you listen to those two. They do a great job. I'm sure they're going to be talking some MLB playoffs that uh, kicked off tonight. Um, timeless team, your team won. So uh, up, uh, they beat the Blue Jays. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think they beat. I don't know who yes. they're playing, but uh, yeah, who they play? Yeah, you were right. They played Toronto. Uh, yes, I thought I thought it was Toronto. I could, I didn't know who they played, but um, definitely shout out to them. Hughes, thank you for calling in as always on the NFL uh, free for all uh, front office show. I call it free for all the front office show. Give us a quick plug. We get out of here. Yeah, man, you know what? Um, I, I do got to start off by saying, you know, definitely check out the website. These boys put in some major work, www.sportcitychef.com. Barry, uh, James, uh, the boys the boys do some really good work there. I've actually read some of the articles, some of the fantasy advice. I'm not sure actually James doing it all on his own because it's actually pretty sound advice. Love James. <laughs> but uh, definitely check it out. Um but I do got to give two quick shout-outs, man. First one I'm going to give a shout-out to, uh, we didn't bring it up, so I feel like it has to be said, Khalil Mack, six sacks in a game against his yeah. former team. Yeah. Everybody thought he lost a step. Everybody thought he no longer had it. The, the dude is an absolute menace and deserves to be – he's been on the Raiders and the Chargers, uh, perennial purgatory. Like, the dude deserves to be on a contender. So – Feel free to give him to the Niners. We could use another edge rusher to pair with Bosa. Uh, I think that would look beautiful. It would fit nicely. And I told Timeless this, so I'm going to drop the mic with this. I think Joshua Dobbs from the Cardinals is a top 30 quarterback and deserves to get a starting job somewhere. You look at both of the situations in New York. You look at the situation out there in New England. That that dude can play and deserves a shot. He 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 has some swag. So, boys, I'll see you tomorrow. But uh, that's all I got. He's not better than Tanny. That's interesting. He's better than Tanny. <laughs> we'll see. I you know he's been pretty impressive. I got to give him a shot. This guy didn't have a job almost to start the season, and he's putting in some work. You know, shout out to him. Um you know, doing some things. But the 49ers are just unbelievable, man. They're, I think they're the best team in football right now, if you ask me. Um, they're pretty impressive top to bottom. But uh, shout-out to all the chefs coming in, Sirius. Uh, we'll be here tomorrow. Shout-out to, to Timeless, uh, Mr. Hughes, 
Mr. Harvey, Mr. Controversy. I guess you can call me Mr. Villain, I guess. Everybody's got a Mr. on their name, but, you know, we like to do that. Um, shout out to our sponsor, PHI Apparel. Get to their website, phiapparel.co. Use that promo code CHEFS. Get 15% off that order. That's promo code CHEFS. Um, get to the website. We got articles. We're cooking, man. We had a couple articles fantasy-wise that went up today. I'm not sure if we're going to cook some more, maybe, uh, just in time for uh, the Thursday night game. But uh, stay tuned to that. We're still cooking. We got a couple finger foods out there. Timeless, I'm waiting for your finger food, bro. You, you said you're going to do one. So you might do one. So that would be fun if you do one. Um, but, yeah, get to the YouTube channel. You can listen to us rant and rave. Uh, about our respective teams and anything that else that pops up out there. But, um, you know, listen, timeless. I got to end the show, man. It's only right. You know what to do, man. Get us on out of here, bro. Fourth City, I apologize for everything that happened earlier today. Barry is still lying to you people. I never committed to a finger food. I just said that I would do a show on a Friday because he won Thursday up against the Packers, and it was a brutal beating. I did not tell him that, but this is the stuff that he's on today. Sports City, y'all stay tuned to everything that we got going on throughout the week. We'll be back here tomorrow with this cookout, and this grill will still be on fire. I am not done. I still got the ratchet out for anybody that wants smoke. And, oh, yes, serious hair will still be on fire. I know James still got him in the crosshairs. I know he ain't ducking nothing for me. Well, at least I ain't going to let him duck it because he was talking heavy in the chat earlier today. And you know, yes, Sports City, I told y'all a month ago about number eight in it, red, white, and blue. But on that note, tell a friend to tell a friend that it's the chefs again. And if they don't know, now they know. I'm not gonna let you end the show like that. You're not gonna. You're not gonna do that to the villain. You're not gonna do that. You're not even a villain. You're not even a villain. I'm gonna end the show. I'm gonna end the show. I'm not gonna let you. I'm not gonna let you go shine. How are you a villain? How are you a villain? How are you a villain? Because I just. Tell me how you're Because I said you can end the show. You care for Daniel Jones. I'm not gonna let you end the show. I'm not gonna let you end the show. I'm not gonna let you end the show. You care. Listen, listen. His real nickname is Care Bear. He cares for Daniel Jones. He cares for Sirius. He's a bodyguard. Of Why? Why? He's, he's wait, not a villain. Wait. He's not a villain. Wait. Why shouldn't I care? It's my team. It's my team. Why shouldn't I care? Okay, the Steelers are. I'm loyal. The Steelers are. I'm loyal. The Steelers are. I'm loyal. The Steelers are. The Steelers are. Yeah. Hey, yeah. In, the, in the words of the great T.O., it's my quarterback. That's my If you listen to the finger food, the villain killed him. The villain, listen, he played a horrible game. He deserves every. He deserves all the smoke that he's been getting in New York the last day and and going forward. But I'm not gonna let Timeless get the last word. So I told you a month ago about the man. Who cares? No, you didn't do it. You didn't do it because of facts. You did it out of hate. The slogan, the the slogan the is the, the truth hurts. It's pumping. It's pumping. The truth Nobody hurts. likes me, and that's okay. I don't like y'all anyway. I don't, I don't like you y'all don't. anyway. Oh, I know you don't. No, nah, I'm kidding. Well, I know you don't. I let my sister. I know you don't. <laughs> but it's all right. It's all right. I, I, I still love your timeless. But listen, I'm out of here. Well, you know, I can't no, let just told you. Get the, I couldn't let timeless get the last one like that. It was violation, complete violation. I couldn't let him get the last word like that. 
He got. Okay. He has his own show. And, uh, he said he might do a finger. I'll put it like that. Uh, he, He's not lying. That he didn't say you would do it. He said you might do it. I don't let me post the. Ch- don't let me post the post chat it. on, on, post on, on and, and social media. Listen, I throw the red flag. Review the play. You, you know that's the first thing they say. Review the play and watch how dumb you look. Watch how dumb you look. I ain't no, saying about the finger food. I said Friday. Said, I'll do no, a show. Might, I might have to. I, do, might. I might have to do one. I might have to do I might have to do a show. That's what I said, because Friday was over. I would love it. Timeless, you know, put in the time to, to record a finger food so the people can hear him rant and rave about anything that he, he wants much to talk about. I do, I do a bunch. I've been, I've been, I've been rolling with Sports City since 2009. They, can, they got a whole bunch of content for 14 years to get me, bro. I don't need to push no envelope. At the end of the day, Tell a friend to tell a friend that it's the chefs again, and since Barry don't know, now he know. City chefs is in the room, cooking up hot topics to put up on your spoon. They well in tune, blown like a flower in June. Superman vs. MF Doom, the clouds loom. So tell a friend it's the sports city chefs again. Pay attention, tune in, we on the set again. Sports city, sports city chefs, you chefs. Uh-huh. 